Welcome to C-Suite Radio. We are getting eco-friendly with our guest today, actor Ed Begley Jr. And we chat about his line of eco-friendly cleaning products, Begley's Earth Responsible Products, and just his long and iconic career with that as an actor, Emmy-nominated from St. Elsewhere, Modern Family, currently now on Young Sheldon. He's been a part of Better Call Saul. I mean, the list goes on and on. And he shares about how Bruce Paltrow changed his life with St. Elsewhere and how he got lucky with that. I don't know that I would consider it luck because he's really just had a phenomenal career, but also how he has gotten along with Christopher Guest and all of those films. This is Spinal Tap, Best in Show, Mighty Wind, and he's been a part of pretty much every single one of those films as well. Ed was one of the nicest people on the planet, and I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. Head over to brettallenshow.com. More amazing people coming your way. And enjoy today's episode with our fantastic guest, Ed Begley Jr. You're listening to The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Have you subscribed to this show yet? I've tried bribes, I've tried gifts. You should. It's absolutely free. I even sent him some pet oxen. Now back to the show with your host, Brett Allen. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Ed, welcome into the podcast. It's good to have you here today. Brett, it's wonderful to be with you. Well, I'm excited about this conversation because we have a lot of things to talk about. I was talking with Ed, and we are talking to Ed Begley Jr., just in case you missed that part of the intro, but we have a lot of things to cover. And the first thing that I want to tackle is you have, over the years, you've done a lot of different things, but the big thing I want to focus on is uh, Begley's Earth Responsible Cleaning Products, the very eco-friendly uh, I actually ordered some the other day so I could have them to try uh, because we like to keep that thing going in our home here. But let's talk about the products and what they are and and how this whole journey uh, started for you with these cleaning products and, and all earth-friendly things overall. Thank you, Brett, for asking. And you're very nice to buy some products. I appreciate that. Uh, back in the day, the day being 1970, when I started doing environmental actions uh, concurrent with the first Earth Day, I didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't, really, I couldn't really start a cleaning product company or anything like that. I couldn't buy a fancy electric car. But everything that I did, I did on a very modest budget. My dear dad had just passed away, so I had to do things on my own and couldn't rely on him anymore for help with bills and what have you. So I just did the cheap and easy stuff. I used you know, vinegar and water to clean up instead of harsh cleansers. I used baking soda. I became a vegetarian. I started riding my bike even more than I already did, which was a lot. Took public transportation more than I already did, which was a lot. Home gardening, home composting. And home composting is really most of what I did back then. I didn't do much gardening except for a few vegetables in a little south-facing window. But I, uh, you know, I composted. And that was even a challenge. That, of course, is a challenge in an apartment, you know, because I didn't really have a balcony even or something. So I had to put it under the sink, you know, in like a diaper pail with a lid so it didn't smell bad or get cockroaches <laughs> yeah. or something. But then again, Brett, you think about it, where am I going to put it? I live in an apartment. 
I know. There's no, <laughs> There's no where to place. go. I know. The apartment manager didn't say, well, you can put it over here. He, you know, never knew what I was doing. I don't think he would have liked it. So I drove around in my little electric car. I couldn't afford a fancy electric car in 1970, but I could afford a, a modestly priced one. I bought a Taylor Dunn electric car for $950 in 1970. It was a little golf carty kind of a thing for, you know, like an elderly person in Palm Springs. It had a California <laughs> license plate. I was told by the guy I bought it from in Reseda, you're the only person under 65 that's bought one from me. <laughs> so I drove it around and it was very good cost-wise because there was no, you know, tune-up or oil change or fan belt or radiator flush or smog check or valve job. It was very cheap to operate and it's very cheap to fuel. You just plugged it in the wall and what it cost electricity was cheaper than buying that equivalent amount of gasoline. So I, I liked it and I always wanted to, now we def- to finally answer your very good question. I wanted to start a company for years. I wanted to do well by doing good. I got lucky with St. Elsewhere in the 80s. And beyond that, Chris Guest movies and other, you know, Six Feet Under and Arrested Development, wonderful shows I've been lucky enough to be in. She Devil with Meryl Streep and Roseanne Barr and lots of fun movies to work on. But I wanted to put my money into something good. I bought a wind turbine as an investment out in Palm Springs, part of a wind farm. I put solar on my rooftop, but again, investment. What am I going to do? I wanted to start a company. And finally, by 19, sorry, 2003, I started a company. There's a guy that I met at a vegetarian restaurant in LA, and he had a wonderful formula that he owned for non-toxic cleaning products. So I would buy, at first I thought he just wanted to use my name and likeness and what have you, and I'd help promote it. said, no, no, you can, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. I can't afford to pay that, but I'll sell you the concentrate and then you can bottle it and sell it that way. So I went into business and hired a bottler and had a company for, I guess, about a decade. And then I finally realized it was just, took so much time and effort to be shipping these things and dealing with the bottler to get it done all the time, on time and on budget. It was just a lot of work and I couldn't do it. My goal for it, Brett, really ultimately was not to make a lot of money for myself. I wanted to do like a Newman's own kind of a thing and give a lot of money to worthwhile charities. That was Paul Newman's idea back in the day with the salad dressing, the popcorn and the pasta sauce. So I wanted to do something like that with cleaning products. And it worked well for about a decade, but the problem was me. I was too busy with TV shows and movies and I couldn't I couldn't find the time to do it. So I wrapped up the company. I thought if I want to give money to, you know, other nonprofits and what have you, green causes, I don't need a company to do it. I'll just, through my speaking engagements, through my acting work, through my green product endorsements of other sorts, I could, you know, give money that way. And I didn't have to be bottling things and shipping them. But at some point, this guy, Mark Cunningham, now the story really begins, Brett. I'm finally now answering. <laughs> you're okay. I could listen to you read the phone book and I would be fine. So you're okay. You're such a sweet guy. But Mark Cunningham, this great guy from a company called Lab Clean, he came to me, said, Ed, you had wonderful products, but you didn't have EPA designed for the environment certification. I would get that if I were you. You didn't have X, Y, and Z. You don't have a shipping department like I have. Why don't you go into business with me? You won't be keeping stuff in your garage and trying to ship it when you're trying to learn lines. I will do all that work. I'll give you a percentage and you go with me to the trade shows and help me promote it and all of that. So I did just that. I've been working with lab cleaner, Mark Cunningham for years. His products are every bit as clean as the ones I had before. 
wonderful products. And now we sell them at Amazon. Just type in Begley or Begley Cleaning and you'll find us right there on Amazon. It's the best way to, to order them, uh, I find. And, and so they're, they're good cleaning. You go to edbegley.com, you can get them there too. Yeah, that's an interesting fact. I didn't know that Newman, Paul Newman had started those food products. Um, I remember the salad dressing clearly. I'm 46. I remember growing up, my parents were huge fans of the popcorn, ironically. And uh, I didn't know that he had started it to raise money for other causes. I had no idea, but I think that's great. You know, so people understand these products, the money is going, you know, to, well, it wouldn't really matter either way, I suppose, but to know that it's going to other things, you know, and help further our better environment. I, I love that. And it's nice that you don't have to keep them in your garage while you're trying to learn lines, you know, for young Sheldon or something like that. You know, I called up Nell Newman, Paul's daughter, at some point, because she runs the foundation and all of that. And so I said, what's the best way to do it? And she advised me to do what I wound up doing. I started a foundation. So the corporation, Begley's Best Incorporated, that was making the cleaning products and handles other kind of speaking engagements and stuff for me. That corporation gives money to the Begley Family Foundation. And then we distribute it to people we feel are worthwhile, tree people, Heal the Bay, you know, the Natural Resources Defense Council, Waterkeeper Alliance, different people that we feel are doing important things as regards the environment. And so that's the way it works now. It's very simple. I've got plenty of time to do it all. And I get to work in these shows and then divert some of the money to uh, help good green causes. And it's working very well. Well, I imagine too, like, especially during the pandemic, I, and I'm assuming it's probably nice to have other things to keep you occupied as well, you know, outside of the fact that, you know, you're, you're doing these movies and TV shows to have a project, not just a time sucker hobby, which all of us, I think have taken on something along those lines, baking bread, I guess making beer was a big thing, but the environment is clearly uh, more important to focus on. And it keeps you going as well. I imagine as a, as an extra hobby or not even a hobby, but a career really. And you say baking bread, I want to make sure people understand the way the Newman's own thing started. This is my understanding. This is what I heard. I believe it to be true. They started like at bake sales and what have you doing this salad dressing. And I think the pasta sauce were the first two things they made, like in their kitchen without yeah. any factory or anything. And it did very well somewhere in Connecticut, wherever they live. Paul Newman and his lovely wife lived there and they would do this stuff and they would sell it as Newman's own with his picture on the bottle. And it sold very well at different bake sales and charity, you know, kind of uh, sales things that they did. And it just grew and grew. And pretty soon they sold the company and it's, you know, a huge company has been now for decades, but does many, many, they have probably 150 SKUs or what have you, a SKU, SKU wow. being the product. And they have a, a lot of products and have for decades. So he and his family, I think, I don't think they run the business anymore. I think it's run very differently, but it started very small. And I kind of envisioned in my dreams to do something that would be a fraction of that, you know, to do something nearly as worthy and nearly as, as grand as that. And, uh, and, but we're doing pretty good. We're, we have good sales today and we'll continue to, I'm sure, because the most important thing, it can be good for the environment. It can be biodegradable, can be non-toxic and all that's wonderful. And that's the way I'm going to do it but it has to clean good bread. If it doesn't clean really good, 
as good as Formula 409 yeah. or those other products, people aren't going to buy it a second time. So they are really good products, clean, clean, clean products, you know, that have to be good for the environment and they work like gangbusters. I'm excited to try out. I got the glass cleaner and I got the household stain and odor remover. Um, those are the two that I got and I have hardwood floors in my studio. So that's the other product. I'm excited to try them, to be honest, because I was hoping they would be here before our conversation. But, you know, deliveries these days are taking a lot longer still for things to get here. But I'll, I'll have to let uh, Anthony, your publicist, know how it goes, because I'm excited. And I like the fact that you take it seriously. Like, are they going to cut grease like Dawn or whatever the case might be? Right. I think that's the big concern that a lot of consumers have especially with products that are labeled biodegradable or are, you know, um, friendly, you know, earth friendly type things, so to speak, because they're like, okay, what am I getting here? But the fact that your products and all these other products that are legitimate work and that's good. And, and the fact you as, as the, the, the face of this, the celebrity face of it, really, you testify to the fact that it works. And I think that's, the biggest thing that people are looking for, you know, otherwise it's like, Oh, this glass cleaner actually smeared my mirror a lot more than, <laughs> than right, something 409 would have. Yeah. Or whatever. Early prototypes did just that. When I was trying my own line of products years ago, one of the uh, formulas we tried didn't, it wasn't streak free. It was making some streaking and what have <laughs> okay. you. So we had to go back to the drawing board and get it right before we got it out to the public. But you mentioned, I think I heard you say you got the odor and stain remover. Do you have pet spread? I have a six-year-old, so yeah. Yeah, very good, because yeah. the kids are down on the floor all the time, crawling around, putting their hands on the floor, putting their hands in their mouth. So when you use cleaning products, you definitely, definitely, definitely want them to be clean for people who have kids or pets or adults even would want non-toxic too, I would hope. But certainly with you know young people and, and pets, you know their body weight is such that if you have some of that stuff that they might get on their hands and in their mouth, it's much more of a burden to them with a, they have lower weight than somebody like me, let's say. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And yeah, I mean, it's like having an animal sometimes of just all yeah. the craziness. I got and, three uh, kids. I know. He sweats like a, I don't even know at night. I can't, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man, we need to get you cleaned up. I love it. You mentioned heal the Bay and a couple other things. I'm in the Bay area myself, and I know towards the Monterey area and things like that. If you go down there, they're very focused on that. You know, everything is biodegradable, the paper straws and everything like that. But from just an individualistic perspective, folks like myself, you know, in your products, if we're looking to expand that universe of being eco-conscious and eco-friendly, are there websites that we can go to or places that we can look that kind of list everything and sort of what kind of positive things it has to it, or maybe if it's going to be damaging or something that doesn't necessarily fall into the line, if we're really trying to be, you know, eco-conscious, so to speak. I'm going to give you some tips right now, Brett, and your listeners, some tips. And here's the most important thing I'm going to say. When I started this in 1970s, I mentioned before, I was a broken, struggling actor. I couldn't afford any fancy pants, anything. So I did everything on the cheap. You do not run up Mount Everest. You get to base camp and you get acclimated and you climb as high as you can. The peak of Mount Everest being having a Tesla, let's say, and having nine kilowatts of solar like I have in my roof or lead platinum home. That's the pinnacle. Not everybody's going to get there. 
but pe different people can get to different heights. You pick the low hanging fruit first, you do the cheap and easy stuff. And I'm going to give you and your listeners a list right now. Start with stuff that you can get a result right away in your electric bill, like changing your light bulbs out to LED bulbs, super energy efficient. Not only are they going to be good at reducing your electric bill, they have to be changed so much more infrequently that you're going to save a lot of money on buying bulbs. That's one. Number two, energy saving thermostat. They're pretty easy to put in yourself. If you can't do it yourself, you can hire somebody to put it in. And those energy saving thermostats save you a lot on heating and cooling because they have wake and sleep, leave and return modes, you know, for when you leave your house to go to work and when you come home and you save a tremendous amount of energy. Weather stripping, super cheap, super big return right away by keeping those doors and windows from leaking air summer and winter. Home gardening, home comp composting, you have a little, little piece of dirt. Sorry, Brett, there's somebody at the front door. Hopefully somebody's going to get that. I'm That's okay. <laughs> Can we cut that part out? I'm sorry. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Don't, you don't have to cut it out if you don't. It's real. It's what's happening. <laughs> I've had cats come across the screen, dogs bark. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was interviewing actually as we switch gears here, uh, as we kind of wrap this chat up, I was talking to your former co-star, Howie Mandel, ironically, and he was talking about some things. And all of a sudden, like his wife comes in and they like start having this conversation. And it was just kind of funny. He's like, I think you should leave this in the conversation. I think it will give the listeners an opportunity to know that I'm a normal human being and that conversations get interrupted every day. So it's funny. I like it. It just me too. Uh, and Terry is a lovely lady. I know Harry, Howie. And Terry for many years, since 1982. I met them back then. And what a delightful couple they are. I'm glad you had them on the show. They're very good people. They are. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure people can get access to this. So in our show notes, we will put a link to your website and to Amazon as well, where people can get a hold of these uh, Begley's Earth Responsible Products and uh, a couple some of these tips as well. So people are aware of it. But I, I do want to switch gears here as we wrap up and talk about your career. It's interesting you mentioned you got lucky with St. Elsewhere. Howie Mandel, again, said the same thing. It just kind of happened for him. Like he had no idea really what this was going to be because he had been doing comedy. That was really for you. You had been doing things prior to that, but that was really kind of like the big break, so to speak, right? As far as like something that was out there and was becoming recognizable as as regular weekly entertainment for people it was unquestionably my big break bruce paltrow changed my life and everybody else who was in on the interview when i interviewed for the job and actually when i think about it i didn't get it i interviewed for dr peter white that was a regular on the show and i didn't get that they threw me a bone and gave me a part that was in one or two episodes dr ehrlich but that character became one of the key characters in the show so i got very lucky not getting the part I wanted. Sometimes, you know, you want you want something and it's not what's best for you. And that's what happened in this case. So my life changed with that. I had been an actor for 15 years prior to that, was guest starring on this and day player on that and worked in some big movies and some not so big movies and good TV shows and not so good TV shows. But from that point to this, from 1982 to now, it's been pretty smooth sailing because of that one job. You know, you can't really blow it too bad unless you do something really stupid with your career and your personal <laughs> yes. life. If you're on a show like that, you're going to work the rest of your life. It might be a dinner theater, 
It might be <laughs> yeah. God knows what, but you can work in entertainment the rest of your life if you're on a show like St. Elsewhere that airs for as much as six years. So I was blessed to get that. I've been lucky enough to be in other fine shows like Arrested Development, like Six Feet Under, you know, like Better Call Saul, just all fine, fine shows. And I just feel lucky to be 71 years of age and still doing it. Yeah, especially in an industry that changes so frequently. And also recently, you have been making a reoccurring appearance on Young Sheldon as well. We have to mention that you've Golden Globe, seven-time Emmy nominees. I mean, you've just, your career has been so amazing and you've done so many different things. Like I was looking at your IMDb page and I was like, you've, you've been a working actor for a very long time and you're still working. Are there any moments in your career that you look back on outside of St. Elsewhere that you would consider to be like career defining moments for you where you go, okay, I know this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. Like this is my journey that I've been set out on. I was a day player kind of an actor. That's the guy that does a line or two or a line or five, a line or seven lines in a show, you know, a TV series, maybe a small one line or three line or five line part in a movie. I did that for 15 years. Occasionally had a few parts that were better parts. You know, I worked on a movie called The In-Laws with Peter Falk and Alan Arkin, a very funny movie in the 70s. I did a movie with Jack Nicholson called Going South. I was in a movie for Paul Schrader uh, called Blue Collar with Richard Pryor, Yafit Koto, and Harvey Keitel. So I had some great opportunities and did okay with them, but I never really broke through. But those are some of the things that really helped me get going as a young man. Those fine jobs, those good people like Paul Schrader, wonderful people giving me an opportunity. My friend Jack Nicholson helping me out and giving me that job and going south. And to this day, to work on a show like Young Sheldon. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's certainly on the list of my top series I've ever been in. That show, I just watch it, Brett, as a fan every week. I don't care if I'm on it. If I'm on it, that's gravy. But I just love watching the show. It's funny, it's engaging, and it's about something. It's got so much heart. It's a wonderful love letter to the people of Texas and what have you, while also having a sense of humor about the people of Texas and the people of all stripe and political affiliation, what have you there. It's just a very sweet show that's quite touching and quite funny. And I'm just proud to be on it. It's one of my favorite jobs I do these days. I love it. I mean, and also the Christopher Guest films. I mean, you can't even. Oh, my like, God. Uh, the Best in show, Mighty Wind. I mean, all of these films. And when you get that very specific cast together, the the regulars that he uses, kind of like a Quentin Tarantino, like there's this group of people that he chooses for all of these projects. I mean, I feel like obviously you're like, wow, this is new and exciting, but it has to be like getting the band back together every time you get a script and you get a call and says, hey, we want you to come be a part of this and do this film or TV series or whatever the case might be. It's just unbelievable how those movies are. Thank you for that, Brett. That's exactly the way I feel. It's like getting the band back together. You know, Chris and I worked on a wonderful movie that Rob Reiner directed, that Chris and Michael McKean and Harry Shearer and Rob all put together as a writing team. That was called This is Spinal Tap. Oh, they gosh. They wrote the, outlet, you know, <laughs> the outline for that and did that wonderful movie. Then Chris decided to do other movies on his own. He did a movie or two, and then he did Waiting for Guffman, which I was not in, but I, I'm telling you, I 
could care less. I was so happy to see that movie and just so happy that all those wonderful people did it, were so great in it. I just was a huge fan of that movie. Then, embarrassment of riches, I get a call from Chris. He wants me to be in the next one, not just come to the screen of the opening, but to be in it. You know, I was over the moon and I've been in every Chris Guest movie or TV series since then. So I, I'm just lucky to know him. He really changed my life the way Bruce Paltrow changed my life and got me that opportunity on St. Elsewhere. Prior to Best in Show that we did in 1999, I had, I could still work in television a bit, but I really didn't work in movies much. I'd been in a few movies that didn't do well critically or at the box office, and I had very big parts in those movies. So people, you get kind of, you're never really blacklisted unless you do something really bad in yeah. a very, very bad way. But I hadn't done that, but I just, I didn't really work in studio movies the whole decade of the 90s. I did six weeks in a movie called Greedy, and I had six days on Batman Forever. That's the whole decade of the 90s for movies for me. Yeah. But then Chris Guest said, I'm doing another movie about a dog show, those dog shows, and I want you to be the hotel manager. And he literally bailed me out of movie jail, Chris Guest did. <laughs> he put me in that movie, and I started working in features again because of him not just in his features, but others. So Chris Guest has been a great friend and a wonderful patron of mine, if you will. He's just like, a, he's an amazing guy. He's so funny, he's so smart, and he's so kind. I'm, I'm just grateful to him for the rest of my days. Yes, well, we have to make sure that, again, we talk about Begley's Earth Responsible Products. We'll link that, of course, Young Sheldon, all the Christopher Guest movies, Modern Family. I mean, the list goes on and on. St. Elsewhere, which is, by the way, one of the few shows that has not had an attempt at a reboot yet, which I think, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> and uh, all these great shows. And uh, we'll make sure people can find all of this. And uh, Ed, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast today. It's been an honor. It's been a, a treat to be with you, buddy. You're so wonderful to talk through, talk to. So let's do this again. It was a delight, Brett, really. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.